everybody. I'm Adam Hergenrother, and this is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth, spiritual growth, any type of growth that you do. If you're working on yourself, then give me a hug or Hallie a hug. And Hallie really needs a hug right now. <laughs> I, was just joke- I was just joking. Not that you actually need a hug. You no, just, you no just- I need a little bit of energy right yes, now. Yes, I am. You do. Suffering from a Benadryl. Yeah, it's always one of those things. Actually, it's funny. My kids were uh, at a... Uh, uh, a lacrosse practice their day at a different field and they came back with these bites on their leg mm-hmm. and I don't know I don't know they weren't mosquitoes they were like those black fly yes. things and like it's Sienna came home from school I think she's wanted to come home school at 2 30 and it ends at 2 50 she called and she's like I can't handle these bites on my leg yeah. whatever it was but oh, hey. they are big and I like, understand yes. her, her challenge because yes. it was bad down south yeah. a couple of days ago so yeah well one of my uh favorite topics um i don't know if the favorite topics is the right way to it's say an interesting it. topic I, I think the way um you know it's funny because you know we got an email from project you group and it said oh this is how adam opens up every conversation and it was about you are going to die right oh, and so yeah, this, this kind of we laughed at that but i think there's a lot to it and, I, and 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 people sometimes will ask me like why i talk about death so much and it's not because I'm talking about it as like, oh my God, we're going to die. It's more of like, I constantly remind myself all the time that I am going to die, that everything around me is going to die. Everything, my kids, myself, you, everybody. And so it's, it really should inspire a level of freedom to go live your life. So for me, it's a perspective of where my aim is. So I don't get caught. Yes, I love having a worldly life. It is so much fun. Like I love goals. I love building it. In fact, I was talking to somebody up on the way up here this morning and we we're just like, man, we, you, it's like you create these fun goals and challenges for yourself because it's fun to do that, but they're not who you are. And so like when things get really challenging, right, for whatever they are, I just call, I, I just, I'm constantly, not even when they're hard, like almost on an everyday basis, I wake up and just recognize that this could be my last day, but it's not like I don't go down a rabbit hole. I don't get sucked into it. It's just a reminder to not take myself so serious. This is all just temporal nature and to have more fun. We're doing here, but of course I'm going to have goals and I like to mountain bike. I like being outside and I, and then I like playing with my kids. And sometimes I don't like playing with my kids, right? It's just, it's all fun things that we're doing out here and really kind of where, um, it sparked from a little bit. I got, you know, when you get one of those phone calls from your brother or sister or like a sibling where the first word that comes out of their mouth, it's like you instantly feel in that emotion that it's not a, a business problem was particularly because my brother and I work together in business. Mm-hmm. And so usually if it's a business problem, he's pissed off. Like you kidding me? Like yeah. or whatever it is or something along those lines. But he was like, Hey, in the way he said it, I could feel my heart drop. Like I could actually feel like this, this new experience coming in there. So I didn't go to my head and go like, Oh, what's going to happen? But I, I could tell, there was something on the other side of that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then come to find out his, you know, his dog is going to be dying. Um, and, and he's a, he is a, look, there's a lot of people that love animals and, and dogs and he really loves animals and mm-hmm. I don't know how to like just to like the nth degree, yeah. Yeah, I get um, it. almost more like to the point where he would, <laughs> well, actually just to show you how much he loves animals. One time he hit a squirrel or he saw a squirrel get hit by a car and it was, it was on like a, on a busy road mm-hmm. and it wasn't dead and it was trying to move away. And he pulled his car over and pulled the squirrel over and he sat with the squirrel until it died. Wow. So just to give you that frame of reference. Um, when, for- we were, when we were in South Carolina, we were walking and uh, Bill picked up a worm from the street and moved it to yeah. the grass. That's awesome. That's like the same. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> like- right. I've done that with a couple of woolly bears, by the way, recently. 
Like what I've been walking with the woolly bear caterpillars. Oh, a caterpillar. Yeah, the, oh. yeah, they're called woolly bears. Oh, I did because <laughs> they're black and brown. Like right? yeah. those ones that are all out right now. Yeah, yeah. Like you see them, I grab them. Like here, buddy, got to go over there. So I appreciate Bill doing that. Yeah, it's, it's not yeah. like you have to wake up and go. I'm going to save all of them. But like if there's no. something in your way, you kind of gently move it out yeah. of the way. But um, I always root for those chipmunks when they run across the road. I know it's like don't go. Yeah, just make it. Yeah, just make it. And I always slow down. <laughs> yeah, just go make it. But anyways, he asked me. But I get me, it. Yeah, he's he's yeah. a very he's a dog person. He's and and he was and he was you know in his in the state and he just asked me. He said how do you, you do a good job, um, of just handling your emotions or handling death. Like, and I'm, I'm, he's trying to go away for a couple of days this week. And he's like, I know if I'm going away, I'm not going to physically, I'll be there, but my mentally, I'm not going to be there. And he's like, I'm just really trying to enjoy myself. Like, how do you do all this? Right. Like, how do you not get this? Like, how do you handle your emotions? Right. It's really kind of the, what it is. And so there's two conversations about this. And I know you have some questions around, um, just death in general, but what I told him is the exact same thing that we talk about this a lot in the podcast, which is it's never about babysitting or tending to your emotions, right? The quality of your life is determined by the quality of your inner experience. So what I, what I said to him is I said, don't right now you're trying to resist this experience. And so that's why you keep trying to come up with, oh, but it's fine over here. Like you're just trying to deflect it. And I said, what you have to actually do is allow this experience to fully make its way through you. So just pure acceptance of death. I said, regardless if he dies tomorrow or in four months or four years, just pure acceptance of death. Because the minute you accept that, then there isn't really, you don't have any fear. The ego may have fear, right? People sometimes will say, are you afraid of death? And I have to answer it twice. And I said, there's part of me that is not afraid of death at all. But if you ask the ego, the ego is afraid of death. Mm -hmm. And so it depends on which one of me is. And I can see the separation from that. There's an internal truth that's like, well, I recognize that I'm way more than just this human body or having this experience. But then the ego on their side is yelling over there. Like, how can you not be afraid? Right. It's like that whole thing. So it's just that it's never, everyone has the ego. So it's there. It's just, it's whether or not you actually tend to it or babysit it at all times, which is basically trying to manipulate it. People, places, things, or even inside to get it right. But I think that the the whole death question, which is full acceptance of this and it's people go like, well, that's easy. Okay. That's great. So like, I, I, I want to accept it, but I'm not accepting it. Right. It's like, that's kind of what his what he was saying to me. He's like, I get it intellectually that I sure. need to accept the fact that I'm going to die. I don't want to. Then I said, well, then what part of you is preventing you from actually accepting that? And then you'll notice that it's, there's the part of you that's the ego that's trying to basically, that does die, that does not survive the physical death because it's created here on this physical plane. And so therefore, there, it, there is an annihilation or a, a, um, there is a, a certain level of death for the ego. And so it does feel like it's going to die, right? It does do that. So when you have pure acceptance of the fact that there is going to be death, uh, I think you can bring a lot more freedom to your life. And then it doesn't mean that when somebody dies, you're going, oh, I'm good inside, right? It just, it just means that you truly experience the feeling that you have for it. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. What's your question? <laughs> well, so my questions, well, okay, I have a couple questions. So when you say about the whole acceptance thing and like that, not that you don't care, but that you just know that you're going to just have fun on this earth, that you know, you're not going to be here forever. So just have fun while you're here. But I know that, so that other, how do you, why do you think you think that versus someone else who might think, I know I'm only here temporarily, so nothing matters yeah. versus I know I'm only here temporary. So nothing matters, but I'm going to enjoy my life or nothing matters. So yeah. I'm just going to not do anything. Yeah, I think it's just the, it's the right knowing. 
And I don't, I think you can use words to describe it as much as possible. That's a great question, by the way. Um, I think for me is when you know that you're not, that you, there's a knowing of who I am. I am that I am, right? I am the experiencer. I'm the participatory. I get to watch life unfold. I'm here watching this. I'm not it. So therefore I know that past death, I don't know what it's there, but I know that I don't necessarily die. So there's the knowing of this. So therefore it gives the separation of when somebody says, then why should I do anything here? That is a very egoic driven type response. And so with somebody it, listening to the voice inside their head saying, well, why would I do anything if I just accept that? Because nothing yeah. matters. When you get beyond that, there is no voice narrating life. It's just an experience or a knowing, which is why spirituality has its tendency to be kind of like the mist in the air where it's hard to grab. You can't measure it. It's just there. It's a knowing. It's like, it's why we've talked about knowing before. It's like, how do you describe an orange to somebody that's never tasted an orange? It's almost impossible until you taste it. Once you have that knowing and you see the separation, you clearly see that that narration because that's really what it is it's the thought pattern that shows up and go well what? fine and the way even people say it you've seen this Hallie like many times when we're teaching people go well why would I do anything and it's just like it's almost like they put their arms out it's like they're saying it in a way of like I'm just going to be passive in life and nobody's saying that nobody's saying you surrender to life nobody's saying that what what you surrender to this is where you surrender or accept whatever word makes sense it's irrelevant as long as you get the concept of it what you're actually surrendering to is you're surrendering to you having to manage tend babysit whatever word you want to use your thoughts and emotions at all times if you don't have to deal with your thoughts and emotions and you're just okay with your thoughts and emotions there you go you're done that is a liberated being when you no longer have to deal like if you can just walk through and like you wake up and go, it's not that you don't care what happens, but you don't care what your emotions, which is where it emanates from your heart and what your thoughts do, then you're good to go. And that's what the absolute freedom that we talk about. So when you're, when, when you know that you're going to die and you've purely accepted that there is no thought pattern around it. Like, why would I just do that? Cause that's what that is. The thought generation that comes in there and says, well, why'd I do anything in here? I'm just going to lay down here and not do anything. That is a thought generated egoic level of thinking. And then once you separate that out there, you start to realize that there's this, there's a greater acceptance. You fall back into something that is really you. And that's where this acceptance, the peace, the joy, the creativity, then you take that part of you, go out into the world, knowing that your emotions and your thoughts are going to go ballistic at all times. And they're going to, they're going to fight. They're going to scream at each other. They're going to try to pull you down and you're just watching it. Right. You're just, it's like all of a sudden right now, it's like, I, I gave this example to somebody else. They're going, man, I wasn't really feeling this whole market shift, but this month all of a sudden, man, it's like feeling like I just, I, uh, what if I just fail everything? And, and there's going down this rabbit hole, right. Of what they're doing. And I said, well, just experience it. And they go, so I just don't do anything. That's kind of that same thing. I go, no, nobody's saying that. But if you can't handle the way this is making you feel, then you're no, you're not the best use to the company right now or to your people or to anybody. So it doesn't mean, look, here's another way of kind of saying it. This may help as well too, along this lines, there's kind of qualifiers for the problem, right? 99% of problems are self-generated problems. If there's a real problem that needs a fixing immediately, then you do everything you can to fix it. So it's like, think of it this way. If, you're, if your house is burning, 
right? Let's just say that your house is burning and it's on fire. The mind goes, oh, just accept it. It's fine. No little buddy in there. The house is burning. I need to do something about it, right? Just actually do the problem, right? So you actually, you just figure out, you do something. The house is on fire. Just get out of it. Call the police. Whatever you need to do, you deal with the problem at hand, right? On the other side of this, if it's like, oh, I wonder what Hallie's going to think about what I said today, right? Or like, I wonder if like, what happens if I fail a business right now? Even though I'm not failing right now, but it feels like I'm failing. Like what happens? And like, that's a self-generated thought. And the thing is, is the qual, the test that you can do, the qualifier is if I let go of it, if I surrender to it, is there still something for me to do or not? So like, for instance, if somebody, you know, doesn't call you back after you call them, Right. And like, you're going to call your sister and she doesn't call you back and you start generating this thought pattern. That's like, did she, what happened to her? Is she upset? Somebody else is going, maybe she doesn't like me anymore. Whatever the thought pattern is, if you just let that go, then maybe there's nothing else for you to do. Maybe you pick up the phone again. Maybe she calls back, whatever it is, there's nothing else to do. So there's always this qualifier that can be in there when it comes to problems that they're self-generated or if they're, if they're actually something that you have to deal with. And the majority of the suffering that happens in people's lives is self-generated problems. Mm -hmm. There are, there is 1% that you have to deal with. It just, you just deal with it. Like, again, if your business is in a situation where you're feeling that right in this particular case, can you handle the fact that your heart feels that way? And the answer for most people is no. And this is what you surrender to. It's not surrendering to the fact that you don't get involved and look at your expenses. It doesn't mean you don't get involved and communicate more. Take a different level of action or re-communicate your strategy or make sure you have a playbook that people are running off and make sure there's a higher level of accountability. Those are all things you do. But the thing is, is if you can't handle how your thoughts are and your emotions are, then you're now responding on, you're attached to that. There's actually a, a quote that I read to you earlier. It actually goes really well with this right now. Um, it's, uh, it's actually in, let me just pull this up here. It's in, I am the book. I am that by, uh, sir. It's God. I always mispronounce his we'll name. It's it Indian in guru, notes, yeah. but it's a nurse, uh, uh, Nagata, Nursara Nagata. I, it's like the, like every time I pronounce it, like I, sometimes I get it and sometimes I don't. It's, it's Nursara Nagata, Nadagata. Maharaj. They have people call him Maharaj, but he's an Indian guru. Everyone knows who I'm talking about. If you follow this, but he wrote about, anyways, he wrote a book called <laughs> I am that. And, uh, you know, how long it took me to figure out how to say like the Bhagavad Gita, like I had to pronounce that one a couple different times before I do it. But anyways, um, the question was, he says, um, uh, he said, your words are wise. This is a question to him, your behavior, noble and your grace, all powerful. And then he, Maharaj wrote, I know nothing about it at all and see no difference between you and me. My life is, a, is a succession of events just like yours. So just pause there for a second. That's you and both were just seeing events, events right? Yeah. That's all it is. There's no difference between you and I. It's only a mind generated thought that's giving Hallie more power. If I'm, if I'm thinking that way. Right. And death is just an event. Just death is just an event. Right. So there is like this, I am just, uh, the difference between you and I is my life is a succession, is a succession of events, just like yours. Only I am detached and see the passing show as a passing show while you, uh, while you attach to things and move along with them. Only I am detached and see the passing show in a passing. And, I'm, and I see the passing show as a passing show while you attach to things and move along with them. It's just a great way of kind mm -hmm. of seeing that. And so like death is just an event. If you want to attach yourself to death or in this example of, you know, filling a business, you want to attach yourself to that and be taken down the train of that, then you're going to be pulled way out of it. So Sometimes you've talked about, um, you know, saying death is one is our greatest teacher. I can't remember who first said yeah. that. Um, 
I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's, I mean, a lot of people I've heard say that. Yes. 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 So if death is our greatest teacher, you've, you're also talking about how sometimes just thinking about death gives you a, maybe a different level of perspective. And, and, and for a lot of us, it can give us a different t- type of perspective or just remind us that we're, we don't have all that much time left or that our time is precious and all of those things. But how much thinking about that is like too much thinking about it. Again, I don't, I think if you're, if you're attaching yourself to the thought, it's a problem. If it's just a knowing that death is there, it's just a, it's like, you know, that you're in water or, you know, you're not in water. It's just a kind of a knowing. And if you just constantly, it's not, it's like a reminder, but I'm not attached to the reminder, right? It's you're just not an going aim. Through your day all day, I'm not like suffering from about that it. at yeah. all. It's more of just, I'm detached from it, but I, that's why death is our greatest teacher. Cause it takes everything away from us. It's the paradox, right? It's like you work all your life to get these things and death takes it all away. Mm-hmm. So as the greatest teacher that it can't be about these things that you collect here. Those are just things you do while you're here because death shows you that it's not that. That's it doesn't right. matter if you're rich, poor, sick, healthy, what you look like, what you don't look like, what your ethnicity is or any of the flavors that you have in this life. Death takes all of that away from everybody equally. Okay, another question. <laughs> so th- this is a little bit about death and we may have talked about this before, but you know, I mean, I'm not that old, but you know, I'm getting closer to 40. And so I'm like, okay, well, I only have like 60 years left. Maybe, you know, if I'm lucky, um, probability. Yeah. So, and I don't sit around thinking about death all the time necessarily, but I think about, and I know a lot of our listeners are probably in the same boat that they have achieved certain levels Mm -hmm. of success in their career or in their businesses or in their life, whatever success means to them. And, and sometimes I, and this is what's been really on my mind a lot lately. And so I'm hoping you can solve this problem for me, which is I'm like, okay, I'm 37. Life is great. I have long life ahead of me, hopefully. But what do I do with it? Because I've kind of achieved the things that I've wanted to achieve. Not that I don't have a few goals here and there, but if I didn't achieve anything else in life, I'd, I'd be great. I feel perfectly fine for the rest of my life. But then that also makes me feel like I'm not ambitious enough or then what's the point? If I'm already kind of there, then what is the next 60 years about? Yeah, it's a wonderful question. First, you can call off the search of achievement. The minute you call it off, you'll no longer need to achieve and you'll achieve. It becomes spontaneous in achievement. If you happen to have a goal on the way, you will. The, The thought that you're generating and you're attaching yourself to is your suffering because you're attaching yourself to basically what you're saying is if, if I don't have a goal, then why am I here? Which is just a thought. I don't really feel like I'm suffering from it so much as I'm just, well, if you're um, not in a state of ecstasy, there's a level of suffering that's happening. I, yeah. Okay. I mean, or bliss or like acceptance. Sure. Are you, you've done a lot of work on yourselves and you and I are both in the same boat. We're working on ourselves and we're a project every single day. Yes. I'm not saying I'm basking that either. So like, yeah. I just, I just recognize. But nor do I feel like on the, the flip side, no. am I like in this deep suffering? I'm more in this remember, neutral state of yes, yes. That, curiosity. Remember, yes. So suffering has different levels and that's what we all do. People go, I'm not suffering compared to that person or I'm not suffering compared to that time that I lost a boyfriend. Suffering, if, so it's like goes back to like how you define that. If you're not in a state of absolute joy for life, 
right? Joy, peace, except like you're just in this, you're feeling this rush of love coming through you and growing strong every day. Then at some level you're suffering. That's all I mean by that. It doesn't mean that okay. you're going out there and people are, oh yeah, I'm physically suffering or no, man, it was really suffering that time that that business right. failed and I had to go through there. Cause that's all we do is we relate back to a level that we felt worse. Right. Or like your relationship's not going well. Yeah, your job, you don't like your exactly. job. You don't like your boss. Like I don't have any of those. Right. Understanding. Suffering. Right. Understanding is knowing that there's a, and the kingdom of heaven is within you, whatever you, whatever you want. There's a massive gold mine in those hills, right? Like, so you can literally be at a completely different level of feeling. And it keeps growing and growing and you are, that's why you keep growing. But there is still, until you're in that place, there is a level of suffering because you're still attaching yourself to some concept about what getting old is. And this is why people actually strike. It's funny because in the early part of your, your life, you want to get old. So which is it? It's the funny, ever thought about that? Like in the, when you're growing up, you're like, I can't wait to get my license. I can't wait to get out of college. You can't wait uh, to another birthday. I don't know. I actually never felt that way, but. Uh, oh, I think majority of people yes, do. Yes, I do think a lot of people. Like you just, you're, you're looking forward to getting older. And then yeah. at some point all of a sudden it goes, okay, I'm going to create a new thought and getting older is no longer fun. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's because if you relate it to the egoic or doing world, then that's true. Because then you're doing it. That's, that's part of it. And that's why you have to, that's still thought generated thinking. Right. Because it's like in the beginning, I really want to get older. And then all of a sudden, at some point around, you know, 30 to 40. 40 yeah, yeah. Like I no longer want to get old anymore. I kind of no. want to pause it here. Well, it like doesn't work is that the way. Sweet spot. Can I just be 35 forever? Yes, exactly. And I, and I think no wonder why everyone has a midlife crisis is because what they're really saying on a midlife crisis is, and everyone has this to varying degrees. So sure. bear with me here. But it's basically like they say exactly what you said. They go. I've kind of done, no, look, is people flying around in private yacht? I mean, we're not talking like that. Like that's different, but like you've kind of accomplished, like you've got kids or you don't have kids. You've accomplished things in school. You're maybe you've, you've become a tenured professor, professor. Like, you know, maybe you just, you know, you're managing a company now. Maybe you've just, you're a book, you know, you're an artist and you've, you know, you're, you're playing now at some stage or maybe you've written a book and you've gotten that out there and people have read it. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter what you're doing, but you kind of reach this point and you go, well, like, what am I supposed to be doing? Like that didn't really do it for me. And that's why people are, that's a level of suffering by the way. Right. Or I feel like, oh my gosh, if I'm not as ambitious as I used to be, yes, then what's gonna happen to my life? Yeah. And that's the, that is the concept of people, business people, when they go through spirituality and they go through that, that growth is that annihilation of letting that part of them go. That is a part of you that you've created. And you're saying, I'm an ambitious driven woman. Mm-hmm. And that's a concept that you've created. It's all egoic. And so when you're letting that part go, it's going to generate thoughts that go, Hallie, if you let this go, what are you going to do? What are people going to think of you? How, how what if, are you going to write another book? Like, what is it going to do? More so I'm concerned about what I'm going to think about myself. Self, yeah. Or any of those things. So it's just yeah. the self, it's still self concepts. Yeah. And so you're just, instead of you go, then you go, oh, there's that thought. There it is. I'm not going to touch it. It's just a passing event. Look at that thought come in there trying to be so funny and trying to really wonder why I'm, what I'm going to do with my life if that doesn't happen. Because there's a, there's a way to live your life that's way higher than that, which is way more spontaneous in those things. Yeah. And well, and then it kind of goes back to what you were saying in the beginning that, you know, you just enjoy and just play for the, re- you know, for the time that you're here. Yeah. But that's still always such a hard, for me personally, like a hard concept to uh, hold in my mind, which is just have fun. And that, cause that, that's not normally my MO and then, or go after something 
Yeah. And I feel like I'm not, I won't be able to get both. It's like, I have to, I have to make a choice. Yeah. That, that's great. Um, I don't think you do. I think, and, 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 and when you hear like when people say, oh, go have fun, then people go. And so that's gotta be something that's doing. And I think my definition yeah, of fun true. is not doing my definition of fun is that you, cause the only thing you, the reason why you'd say, okay, I'm gonna go have fun. I'm gonna go do something. Mm-hmm. It's mostly you're going to do it because you want a feeling. So what I wake up right. and kind of think of it the other way of going, well, I'm just going to, I don't I'm not going to tend to my thoughts and emotions anymore. And I am here. I'm going to have fun watching this show go on. There's just a difference in how you, what level of understanding there, right? It's like, I'm in here experiencing this show and actually, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a CEO of a, you know, somebody said this morning, they're like, all of a sudden you woke up and now you've got 700 agents that you're leading and a whole bunch of big staff. That's different. You didn't prepare mm-hmm. for that. And I was like, you're, no, I didn't. Right now you see me. Yeah. Now I'm here. And, I, and like I always say, like if at some point in time, I'm no longer the right person to do this, I will bow out faster than anybody else needs me to get out of here. It's not about money. It's not about any of those things for me. Well, I love what I do and I don't plan on doing that. But at any point in time, it's the right thing. Like I, then you hang that chapter up, yeah. right? It's, yeah. wow, it's so much fun doing that because I wasn't so caught up in the event. It actually allowed me to have fun doing it. It doesn't mean there's not hard challenges, right? but like you can still go through challenges in business with a deeper level of deeper inside feeling and still dealing with things outside. So when I say I want to wake up and have fun, it's an inner experience first that I can then bring to the outer experience. It's not about doing something to generate a feeling inside that's fun because that's just self-concept anyways. Yeah. I just, as you're sharing all of that, all I can think of is that as much work as I've done and that you've helped me through, I think I um, am still so worried about losing what I have Your identity. worked yes, and s- made sacrifices for over the years. And so I'm like, yeah, definitely still a f- there's fear there of losing that if I let go of anything. And that's why most people are tethered to where they are. The whole book, Living Untethered or yeah. The Untethered Soul, is exactly what you just described right there. It's like you're trying to free yourself, but you're, you've personally tethered yourself yes, yes, to yes, yourself. Yes. That like is I literally that, the it's definition. All kind of coming together. Yeah. That's literally what it is. And because yeah. it feels, it feels so real. Yeah. And like, you really want to, like you <laughs> yes. really, really want to. And there's something, then there's you've the other, tethered yourself. Yeah. That it's like, but don't, don't do it because well, remember you've spent your entire, <laughs> you've spent most of your entire life building this concept and then supporting this concept constantly. And while you're doing that, you're constantly supporting this concept over and over and over again. You kind of wake up at some point and point and realize I've just tethered myself to this illusionary th- thinking pattern that I think I am, which is what an ego is. Mm-hmm. Ego is not somebody who shows off more or less. This is a form of ego. Sure. Ego is anything that you've created inside that self-concept and everybody's created one, right? You don't, you're not, you're not removed from it. Peoples are stronger than others in different areas, but everyone's got one in there. And so then what you do, is you've tethered yourself to that. So the whole untethering of that is to literally surrender to that thinking so that you can then be free to fly. That's what surrender to life is. I can see you're getting that, right? It's like literally when you surrender to that. Yeah. That's when you, that's when you become untethered. Interesting. It's like what you, but you have to be willing 
Yeah, and that's that's the. And remember, I've, I you probably heard me say this before in, early, in earlier Project U's, where there's comes this point where like you you want to let go, but there it's so afraid to let go that you can't do it. Yes. And I asked that people, I said, Hey, if you get to have a billion dollars right now, somebody comes and give you a billion dollars, but you have to let go of who you think you are. Could you do it? And nobody can. Oh, I would say yes. I don't know. Well, why? Like, because you really have to let go of who you think you are. It's a, re- it's a really, really challenging well, thing. It is, but you know, we're, and I don't know if this is my thoughts or whatever, but when I, immediately when you said that, because that is my biggest fear is like security and money and all of that. So I'm like, if someone gave me a billion dollars to let go of the concept, then I would finally be able to be exactly who I want to be and not where I have to worry about money. Why do you have to worry about money right now? Well, that's, I know that's something that I've created. Well, then why would it be any different? You really, you then at that because point, that you, would be, you, a, you, you're, it's a self-concept that you can then let go of yourself yes. or you, what you're saying is I would let go of that self-concept and create a new one. I know. I don't think I would necessarily create a new one. I think I would just let go of it. So why can't you let go of it now? Because I have all of these fears around not being successful and not having income and money. Exactly. And so if somebody gave me money, I could just be whoever I wanted to be. There's, I, I think you, do you think you have enough money in your life? No, not yet. No, I don't. Do you think you could be fine Right now, though? Yes. I w- yes. So do you think security, like you wouldn't be worried about where you're going or what you're doing or how you're putting food on the table for a long period of time? I, I would be worried. But would you actually, would that actually would be a problem? Would other people be worried? No, it would not actually be a problem, but yes. yes, I would be worried. That's what I'm trying to say is, would it actually be a problem? Forget uh, the worrying. No, it would not be. So then it's not an actual problem. So it's a self-generated concept yes. that you've created. <laughs> Which is the what, house is not actually burning. I am just worried about the house yes. burning. Which is this is and this is what you surrender to. This is what you accept. It's not surrendering to p- not playing in life. Right. It's not surrendering to not doing fun go things in life. It's not surrendering to sitting in a cave, you know, and citing haikus all day. Yeah, and I and believe me, I'm sure people argue this with with you on this all the time because I think, well, I need money to be able to go do the things that are really true to myself and who I want to be. Well, I think, I think that's a, I think that's a mistake in your thinking because yeah. I think being true to yourself has nothing to do with what you do. Yeah. I, I yes, I get that, but I'm just, what I, you're saying I is I've created that. a concept around things that I enjoy doing. Yes. And that, that brings, require, that requires money. Correct. But there's plenty of people that aren't doing what you're doing and are filled with joy. Right. Because I'm, I still feel like, okay, I, I think I'm getting it. I still have a, I haven't quite separated the fact yet that being who I am isn't about doing different things. Exactly. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, I can be exactly who I want to be or who I really am, but I'm still going immediately to doing different things. Yes. Not. Okay. Yes. And then using the real word authentic in this case, because people are throwing that around like it's a, you know. Yeah. Well, they have been for many years. Yeah, they have like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm being authentic. And like, it's like a, I'm just telling them how I feel. If I'm feeling jealous, I'm telling them, no, that's it's your mind. Like just wake up and realize that. But so anyways, this point, like you're, you're absolutely right. You, you recognize that you're whole, you're still holding on to this concept of who you are. That's what you surrender to. And the minute you can surrender to that, you actually fall back and then start participating in the world spontaneously. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, this is the hard. This is what. Yes, quite, yes. There's some like very fine lines of the differences there that I'm still not quite getting. But 
I feel like I'm getting closer. Well, you're, you're not going to get them intellectually. And that's yeah. where you naturally go. It, they, they're going to have to be a knowing. They're going to have to be an experience that you have. And once you have that experience and you feel that, you're going to wake up and you're going to go, I get it. I get it. I get what everybody has been trying to tell me. I get what all the masters, and I say masters, they're just people that have done this at a high level. Just like master Tiger Woods is a master of golf, right? He's mm-hmm. done it at a high level. People have just mastered spirituality or their inner, inner being. And that's also why we, you know, we're, we're so much focused on the 200% life, which is it's got nothing to do with your outer life. Your outer life, just because when I was, you know, reading that the quote from Maharaj, where it's just like, there's no difference between you and I. I'm just watching the events unfold mm-hmm. and you're attaching yourself to the events as they unfold. And if you can just watch the events unfold, then you have no problem in life. And by the way, the Indian guru Maharaj, by the way, was, grew up completely poor. And on the human experience, I think I've brought him up to you before, he smoked, chain-smoked cigarettes. He actually ran a tobacco shop, but he chain-smoked uh-huh. cigarettes constantly before his enlightenment, and then he became enlightened. And guess what? He still chain-smoked cigarettes. So there's like this human imperfection that people have that you can't do. But when you ask him about it. He was that's like, yeah, that's just, just the human. Yeah. Does it idiosyncrasy that I have in the human side? I didn't, I never felt the need to change it or stop smoking or anything like that. Right. And yet inside I am a full well being, And I just happen to keep that habit. So it's not like my point of saying that is mm. it's, it's not, there's not a stereotype about what you do or don't do. There's still plenty of spiritual yeah. peoples of our time that are drinking alcohol yeah. Right. Or. Well, I, yeah, I get that. That, that make, makes sense. Yeah. Because we want to conceptualize that. Yeah. So, but for all of us, when we take that step back and recognize that life is 200% and you concentrate on the inner world, you free your inner world. You're free to move about life. Because what you're really saying in that moment is my thoughts and emotions can say anything and do anything. And I'm still here. And I'm just going to watch them pass by. But what happens for most of us is I'm in here, my thoughts say something, and then I've attached myself to this train of needing to be successful. Well, yeah, I, and maybe this is just, I think this is what you're saying or another way of saying it is that I'm still too worried about the consequences or the outcome of doing that, of letting go. Well, there's, there's going to be, con- there's consequences to that. Well, it's kind of like you can't push a tree over. If you're trying to saw down a tree, you can't really push it over with one or two cuts. It's still too hard. Even though you're trying to push it over mm-hmm. as you keep cutting it more and more and more, it gets to a point where you start to bend a little bit more and you're bending a little bit more right now, but you still need to do some more cuts until it gets to a point where it starts to tip over entirely. And the momentum of the tree falling will pull you through the rest of the way. It's like, you just got to keep sawing and sawing and sawing. And that's the work that you're doing of surrender and sawing. And you keep sawing and sawing and sawing and get to a point where the tree itself starts to take the momentum over and you yourself are at that point where you start to get this momentum and it'll just pull you away from your ego. And as it pulls, it doesn't, you don't remove it. It doesn't go away. It's still there. You're just there and you're just going, huh, it's no longer attached. The tree is no longer attached, but the tree's still there. You're no longer attached to your thoughts that go on and say, I need to be successful. You're watching that as a thought as just like everyone else watches it go on. And so as that starts to happen, you get this bifurcation and that's the 200% life. And then you can go in life and play. You may end up being way more successful than you ever thought. You may not, but either way, then you have the- Or your definition of success completely changes and you're just as successful. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. 
what does all of that have to do with death? <laughs> well, we started there, right? <laughs> and we kind of went on a I side know. subject. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it, I think it really started. It, it comes down to the conversation of just the acceptance. Right. And, and to and, me, it's about the temporariness of our yes. life here. Temporal nature of everything. Yes. Yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, in 1500 years, I use that analogy, 1500 years, Amer- they, they won't even, they'll, they'll recognize Americans, but there probably won't be Americans here. Mm-hmm. Just like if you look back at every single other society a thousand years ago, like they're no longer there. I mean, only a couple of hundred years ago, there weren't any Americans. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, so like at some point we're just going to be gone and they're going to look back yeah. and be like, you know, those people that built pyramids, that's all they did is worked all day. And they're going to be like, you remember those Americans? All they did was greed yeah. or try to get what they want to make the world the way they want to get their thoughts the way they want. Cause that's all people are doing. They're concerned about their inner world. They just don't know it. And all they're trying to do is can my thoughts and emotions be handled from this event? <laughs> that's all they're trying to do instead. And so then you're just playing with it. If you're just babysitting your thoughts all the time, all you're going to be exhausted babysitting it and you're never going to be you. That's why people are waking up and going, I'm just exhausted. I'm burnt out. I'm not me. Of course not because you're babysitting your thoughts and emotions constantly. Is there a difference? Maybe it's the same thing, but is there a difference between babysitting your thoughts and emotions and trying to, because that's kind of, kind of like playing offense and defense on your inner world to a certain degree. Is there a difference between that and trying to control the outer world or are they kind of one and the same? One and the same because what you're trying to do is you try to get the outer world in a situation where if I make money and I hit a certain amount of money, then my inner world's okay. It means it's not being disturbed. And that means what you're really saying in my inner world is my thoughts and emotions are in check to a degree that I can handle. That's all you're saying. Right. So you manipulate the outer world to keep the inner world happy. Exactly. And then, But the gotcha. problem is when you build your house on sand, the minute somebody blows and that starts to go, you're now suffering instantaneously. Somebody says one thing to you. You're perfectly fine for years. You're doing really good. Somebody writes a review that's not good and you just get printed on the newspaper and now you're gone. Right? That's what happens. So the, so really the whole death component to this is the separation mm-hmm. of all this and, and realizing that I'm here. What's the real reason I'm here? It's not to get things. Those are fun. Mm-hmm. It's like my kids play soccer all the time. They have the game. They're in it. Then they're out. They're not even talking about it anymore. Yeah. And that's the same thing here. It's like you're here for a little bit and you're not even talking about it in a little while. So you just stop taking yourself so serious and you do the really inner work there. Hey, everybody. Before you leave today, Hallie and I want to thank everyone who has left us a review. It really does make a huge impact in helping us get this podcast into the hands of other conscious leaders. Here's what Sean had to say. Sean from Albuquerque says, I have listened to Business Meets Spirituality from the beginning, and there are so many important principles and lessons on how self-leadership precedes leadership. In order to grow your organization or business, you have to lead yourself first. And I have learned how to go inward in order to achieve the level of growth I must obtain in order to grow my business. This is a must listen for any type of business owner. Thanks, Sean, for leaving us a review. And by the way, please let us know what you like about this podcast or what you would like to see more of by leaving us a review wherever you listen to our show.